The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Inside Out with your host, Beth Green. This is James Maynard, your co-host. Today's topic, turning our inner space into a sanctuary, making our insides the safest place to be. The quality of our inner space determines the quality of our lives. In other words, the way we experience life is mostly determined by the way we feel. Each of us seems predisposed to a certain palette of emotions, like anxiety, envy, or resentment, optimism, happiness, or peace. Which emotions dominate your inner space, and why? Do you ever... Do you even know what you feel, or do you stuff your feelings and pretend to be more positive than you are? The guru, one of the best personas, says sanctuary is a place of inner safety where we can be deeply connected to ourselves and experience awareness, but without judgment. How do we do that? How do we turn ourselves, how do we turn our insides into the safest place to be? Beth and the guru will lead the discussion today and offer some processes to turn our inner space into a sanctuary. So now, here's your host, Beth, from the Inside Out. Hi there, everybody. Well, it's, I'm so happy to be with you today. Uh, it's a gorgeous day here. I don't know how it is where you are. Um, so, let me start by telling you that for some reason, which I cannot even begin to understand, um, every time... I hear what uh, what James says, or I read something about today's show. I just go away. I did not hear a word you said. I don't know what we're doing today, except there's something about creating inner sanctuary. Now, how do you explain that? Nobody's explaining that. James, you're not going to explain that. Okay. I can't explain that. I can't explain it either. So there must be something about this topic that is getting to us. Uh, So I'm going to go over that again. But before we go on to that topic, I'd like to share with you that we got some wonderful emails from last week's show. And uh, we were talking about the agony of addiction last week, weren't we, James? Wasn't that the show? Uh, and, oh, last week was about uh, happiness, oh, happiness. Uh, turning up your happiness quotient. Oh, uh, that's the previ- right. Previous week was the agony of addictions. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Well, that's what confused me because. All right. Okay. So in the last week, we got an email from Annette Hughes, and she said, "Hi, Beth and James. Do you see how spacey I seem? Okay. Hi, Beth and James. I have been meaning to write to you both to let you know." I no, to let you know I am out here near Los Angeles listening to your show. Yay! I find your show inspiring and appreciate your self-awareness and willingness to share so openly, James. That would be you. Oh, nice. Yeah. I have been moved tremendously by your guests. Recently, you had a mother and daughter come and talk about their experiences with heroin addiction. It was revealing and supportive for me as a mom with a daughter, and I have lots of fears about addiction. I so appreciate the guests' candor about themselves and each other and their situation. 
Somehow it relaxed my fears. I am out here listening, not live, or I would call in. Now, isn't that fabulous? I love it when people take the time to tell us that they're out there. Well, and so that explains everything. So that we were on the Happiness Show, but she was talking about the show before. And uh, because the other message we got during the last week is, thanks for the show on happiness. It was light and inspiring at the same time. I am so glad to understand why it makes me so happy to be happy under contrary circumstances. That makes me even more happy. <laughs> Actually, she wrote that. Crank it up. Me, she <laughs> yeah, she said, ahead. that makes me even more happier. But I mean, <laughs> that is how super duper happy she is. So anyway, I love that. So that last show, uh, we really talked about... Um, Ways of being happy, uh, and uh, we talked about, uh, do we really consider happiness important, or do we make that a priority? So that was very cool. So guys, if you didn't listen to those shows, there's podcasts on the Happiness Show from last week and on the Agony of Addiction Show from the week before. So thank you, as always, to our wonderful listeners who write to us or who call in um, live on the show or who write before or after. Uh, we really appreciate the participation. So, here we are. I'm facing the question of the sanctuary, how to create an inner sanctuary, right? That is what we're talking about. And even though I could not focus on what you said, James, I do recall having written an e-card or a blurb that was something about that. <laughs> yes. So, why don't you tell me, James... Yeah. What I what was in that uh, show description? <laughs> what did you just say? What well, am I, I doing could, uh, today? I could jump right to the uh, the crux of the matter. Do that. Uh, what the guru has had to say about it is that sanctuary is a place of inner safety, where we can be deeply connected to ourselves and experience awareness, but without judgment. In other Ooh. words, it's the safest place to be. It can be. Uh, as opposed to the emotions that usually dominate us, which don't feel so safe necessarily. You know, I wonder what's so threatening about that idea. I think, as I'm thinking about it, if you don't mind my thinking, uh, (laughs) I think that what's threatening about that is we always think of sanctuary as being created from the outside. Mm, Yes. And this one forces us to say, okay, I have to create sanctuary inside. Now, I don't think the guru is trying to say that, um, that there aren't places that support us to feel like we're in sanctuary. I mean, if you go into the forest, if you're not afraid of bears, anyway, uh, you know, that might feel like sanctuary to you, or for some people, it's the ocean. You can go into a quiet place, a cathedral, you know, a safe place, some place that you associate as being sanctuary for you. Um, and that's, we. I think we understand that. Oh, or a friend's house feels like a sanctuary to us. Or if we're being abused at home, just going anywhere else could feel, feel like sanctuary. Um, but the kind of sanctuary that Guru was talking about is, um, and everybody knows who Guru is. Well, you're going to find out. Guru is the Guru, uh, is uh, this persona that comes out of my mouth. So who who knows who Guru is or what? But anyway, it's he's kind of fun. <laughs> um, 
But the Guru was trying to tell us that we need to look within because now, okay, here's a perfect example that just occurred to me. So let's say you think of the forest as, as sanctuary or giving sanctuary, and I tend to do that. But let's say uh, you've spotted a bear and, and you're not particularly brave, and that would be me. <laughs> or uh, there's, you know, there's been a cougar sighting, and you know the cougar's around. And uh, I mean... I don't think anybody is that brave. Uh, and then all of a sudden, the same place that's feels, that felt like sanctuary two minutes ago becomes very threatening. So what, I think what's really significant about that is that it's our inner state that's really going to determine whether or not something feels like sanctuary anyway. You know, if, if we could be in the safest place, if we have nightmares at night, we're not going to be able to sleep well. You know, it's, it's, you know what I'm saying? It's that inner space where we really live um, that needs to become sanctuary. And I love what the Guru said about being able to look at ourselves clearly and honestly without judgment. I mean, that is really an amazing place of safety for ourselves because it is so difficult for us to really face the truth about ourselves. And when we don't face the truth about ourselves then we are not going to grow. And so we're not going to grow unless our inner place becomes a sanctuary. But for some of us, we think that creating a sanctuary within ourselves means that we go into denial that there's anything wrong with us or that we ever do anything harmful to anyone else or that we are not the source of so much of our own pain. So, you know, when you say, okay, make yourself be your inner space, be the safest place to be, that doesn't mean you go inside and say, I'm great, I'm wonderful, I was perfectly right in everything that I've done today. <laughs> nothing, nothing like a little self-delusion to get you through the day. <laughs> yeah, right. That seemingly, is, seeming to. <laughs> that is not sanctuary. You know, I'll tell you, when you think about it, if you, if you create that kind of inner sanctuary for yourself, then what's going to happen when reality hits you, when everybody around you hates you <laughs> or tells you, you know, where to get off or where to get on or any of the rest of it? Um, so you're going to be dragged out of that very, very abruptly. So it's not a place to hide. It's not an escape from reality. It's a, it's a place of being with reality with some degree of calm. And I would like to add one more thing to what the guru said is that um, the inner space, making it uh, the the safest place for us, also means to me dealing with fear, angst, any kind of emotion that can just tear us up. It's like, oh yeah, I've gone inside and all I find is anxiety. Well, that's no fun. That's not what I would call sanctuary. So uh, what I'd like to do is bring the guru on and see what he has to say to us today. And let's have a conversation. And maybe, James, you can do some of the interviewing today. Mm-hmm. Um, as uh, I am going to transform into the guru. And uh, that okay. takes about two seconds. I don't have to put a turban on because we're on radio. I so already have I a want- question in mind. 
Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So let's invite the guru to show up and everybody pretend that I am turning into a very good looking uh, (laughs) (laughs) man uh, with a turban on. And there you go. So good afternoon, guru. Are you with us? Well, Viv, would I be? You invited me. I, actually, I invited myself on the program. Do you think that I am the kind of guru who would just disappoint you and leave you holding the bag? Not at all. Certainly not. You're not that kind of guy. <laughs> so. That's right. Okay. James. I have a question. I have a question okay. for you. And we want uh, to encourage people to call in with their questions on Sanctuary. Before being introduced to this idea about what Sanctuary is, I had the thought, and many of us, I believe, have had the thought, that meditation could take us into a state of inner peace, and we could just forget about our problems for a while and be in a wonderful state of inner peace, and that's our sanctuary and, and until we come back out of meditation. Uh, so would you care to comment on whether or not that is true sanctuary, or if there's something that's more sanctuary than that? Well, of course, if you are completely out of your mind, then you can go into meditation and you have a few moments of respite. That is a a sanctuary. This is no different. If the uh, bear is outside and is chasing you in the forest, then you find some uh, location where you can hide out. That's okay. I mean, this is better than nothing, wouldn't you say? Yes, it sounds much better than nothing. (laughs) (laughs) But, of course, the problem always is that are you going to have to leave your safe place of uh, meditation? And uh, what do you carry with you? If your meditation is taking you into heights of delusion, it is really not a very safe place for you because it is what you you guys, uh, you call a setup? A setup, Mm -hmm. correct? Yes. This is you're going to have a setup for a great um, disappointment because you are going to come out and you are going to be miserable again. And when that happens, what are you going to do? You are going to blame life. If you are blaming life for your unhappiness, then you have not really achieved sanctuary. You have run away and you have to face reality when you come back. So, because in that way... um, the uh, taking of, you had that program uh, some weeks ago with the heroin, where you go uh, take a heroin addiction and you go into sanctuary of place that does not exist in reality and you you come back and things are worse than they were before. So a, the highest level of the sanctuary is one that changes you. So if you are going into the meditation and the meditation is a way of you actually changing and healing, then it becomes something more than an escape from the bed at that moment. Now, I have much more to say about this. Um, I would like to say that uh, there are many ways of meditating, but it is not so much the way you meditate, but the intention behind it that is going to determine this. If you are intending to escape then you will use that meditation to puff yourself or to numb yourself or to do something that is not going to in fact give you any transformation if you are looking inside yourself 
because um, you are willing to face something about yourself. Aha, now, now this is different intention. Look, let's look a moment. Mm, there is many ways to do that. You say, okay, I go into meditation and I am meditating on this flower and I have no thoughts for 25 minutes. This could be excellent because in that 25 minutes you are not rationalizing, you are relaxing and you are coming into a place where maybe you feel safer and in, from that point you wake up, uh, you come through and you are more willing, you notice that you are more willing to face reality and to look at yourself, you see. So in that case you are not meditating on your problem but you are just giving yourself a place of sanctuary to get away from the noise in your head so that you are refreshed. It's like a way of regeneration. The other way you can meditate on the problem itself and you can ask for uh, divine guidance or whatever you are going to call it or insight or something. And so then you're you're going into your meditation and you said to the universe i i need some help i think i am crazy here or something of that nature and then you go into that peaceful place and then voices will come to you but what are those voices this is where you have to be very careful because those voices could be coming from your ego those voices could be coming from your fear and then you have brought the bear into your sanctuary and you have now um, muddled this sanctuary and made it muddied. This would be the, the muddied the sanctuary. And so meditation, as you can see, is like everything else, is tool. Tool for consciousness for human beings. And it's what we do with it that's going to make the difference. You can use a tool to create a prison. You can create, use a, the same tool to create a temple. Yes. Thank you. That's profound. So I wanted um, uh, to engage uh, if anyone wants to call uh, or send an email. So uh, would you um, announce that number, uh, James, yes. and encourage people if they want to ask me. Yes. I'm going to be speaking more anyway, but if you have questions for Guru on the subject of sanctuary, I'd be delighted. Very good. So if you'd like to call in with a question or a comment, please call us at 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. Or if you prefer, you can email us at beth at bethgreen.org. Okay, very good. So we are going to take a commercial break right now, and we encourage you to listen to our commercial or do anything you need to for the next uh, minute, and then you return, and we will continue to hear the guru speak about how to create a sanctuary. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Bring Beth into your world in person or via the Internet. Learn how by visiting her website, bethgreen.org. At the website, sign up for her newsletter to keep abreast of her latest activities, blogs, videos, and more. Just for signing up, you'll receive a free PDF copy of Living with Reality, her 688-page volume that helps us understand ourselves in relatable terms, as well as offers a proven program to heal and co-create a better world. 
But there's more. Learn about Beth's four other books, both fiction and nonfiction. Check out her gorgeous music, which is heartfelt and mystical. Become acquainted with Beth and James's programs for healing and training, and discover their community, the Stream Center for the New Spirituality, which welcomes you wherever you are in the world. All this and more can be found at Beth's website, www.bethgreen.org. Again, that's bethgreen.org. Invite meaning and inspiration to your life. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You're tuned in to Inside Out with Beth Green and co-host James Maynard. To reach us on the show, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. If you'd rather send us an email, the address is beth at bethgreen.org. Now, back to Inside Out. Well, I am going to do this part, which is uh, welcome back uh, to Inside Out. This is uh, the guru. I am here to... uh, help to um, uh, moderate, facilitate this program today with Beth and James. And I'm so happy to be here. And I have been advised uh, that there is a caller uh, today uh, to ask uh, the guru a question. And uh, it is uh, the Helen in California. Hello, guru. Um, I would like to know, or have you give us some understanding of why we... Uh, try to blame other people for our lack of sanctuary internally. I, for instance, am a control freak in some ways. I would so much rather be in control of things than not in control of things. But when I blame other people for my lack of sanctuary, I certainly don't have any control over that. And so it seems so crazy. So I wonder if you have any words of wisdom about why we do that. This is a very good question because it shows that your, your question itself, it shows that you have already profound understanding. But um, you are saying that it seems crazy. Is that correct? Um, but that is because people are crazy. Now, uh, <laughs> l- let me explain something about that. You see, the human beings, they are existing in a very complicated world, a very complex society, uh, very difficult. You have to, you know, when um, the human beings were first coming into being, you know, they were hunting or they were gathering or they were walking over land and living in caves. And, you know, it wasn't a very easy life. No, don't, uh, do not think I am romanticizing. Not at all. Not at all. It's a very difficult life. But it was very uh, simple. Now, simple is not so simple. For example, let's say you are going to be gathering. Uh, you have to know the poisonous fruit from the unpoisonous. So, so there is complications everywhere in everything you do. You, when you are completely exposed to the elements, uh, as as you were uh, humans were so many years ago, you have to become very, very uh, sensitized to changes in the weather or whether there is a, a wild animal who is stalking you. So I do not mean simple in sense that people think is so idyllic. But I do mean that the kind of skills, the level and the variety of skills that you need in order to exist, 
uh, in this society of the, of a completely different nature and magnitude from the origin of the humans, and this is true even over time when you became the the uh, the uh, agriculture and so on. Now today, it's not enough. For example, if you are a farmer, you have to understand crops. You have to understand weather, but you also have to know the internet, and you have to. Uh, um, know how to drive a you know a, a large vehicle into town and so on. So there's so many skills that you have to have, and so many things that you must learn in order to exist in society. And this is true for every one of you. If you think about yourself moment to moment, you will see how many things you are juggling at the same time. You are worried about the child's daycare and the time and when do you have to pick up or, uh, you know, is your husband having a surgery on his nose? Uh, And um, what about the, did I remember to pay the bills and so on? So it is a time of, this is a time of much external stimulus and very little silence, you say, and very much pressure to, uh, for survival. There's a very high, high state of pressure on people of having their brains must be multitasking, uh, in amazing ways. Um, just, I mean, the, when uh, the human beings, and I know this is very long-winded, but this is will very be important to you when you understand me. If you are walking, that your body takes care of the, 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 the movements, you see, you, you understand that. When you are driving car, yes, of course, your body is also taking care, but you're uh, having to look for the traffic and you're listening to the radio and there's uh, someone is calling you on the cell phone, you see. And what happens is the human beings feel very stressed in the moment-to-moment existence with very little respite. In fact, we... And then this is not even speaking about the pressures people feel about making the money and uh, what they are going to do and the, all the many things that they must do and uh, is their child going to get into drugs. So this is very, very overloaded uh, brains. So people become very anxious and don't even realize. And then, then they wonder what is wrong with them. You understand. So the people are always thinking that there is something wrong with them because they don't realize that they were not really designed for the life that they lead, you see. And so there is much of that feeling. Now, other ways that people wonder if there is something wrong with them, let's say they are born with some very peculiarity in their genetic makeup or in, or they have, uh, you know, emotional reactivity based on some kind of trauma that they have experienced, uh, or they are falling apart because they cannot, they're afraid that they are going to lose their job and their children will go hungry. And so what is happening is more depression, more depression, more depression on the inner being, and there is very little relaxation. And then, of course, what the people are doing most time to in order to deal with all this stress is that they are going to be eating the wrong things and they're drinking or they're taking drugs or they're doing something which is going to be messing up with their nervous system even more. And so there is this constant sense of 
for most people, of ill at ease, you see. And they don't know, you see, what's the wrong, why they are ill at ease, and they're looking for an explanation. If they think there is something wrong with them, which, of course, there, it, in a way, there is always something wrong with you, <laughs> then uh, they are going to go into, oh, no, there is something wrong with me. And we all know that if there is something wrong with you, there is the fear that nobody will want you. And if nobody will want you, then they will not love you or they will not marry you or they will not take care of you or whatever. And so there is a very great fear that you are going to be discovered as that there is something wrong with you. See, and so when you look at all the things that can go wrong with the human being, with the body, with the mind, um, with the, the genes or the biochemistry, so, and then add to that all the trauma, and then you add to that everything I was saying before about the incredible stress of the life, of the new things you must learn every day just to figure out how to use your cell phone. You see, there is so much anxiety and ill ease, and then to top all this off, there's the anxiety and ill ease of everyone around you. And that we are still, um, the humans are still very sensitive to what is the, to each other because of the oneness on the spiritual plane and the impact on the energetic plane. So there you are. You're afraid to discover that there might be something wrong with you to explain how you're feeling. But you don't know why that is, you see, that it could be combination, all these factors, and we are feeling such ill at ease. So there is desperate need, A, to, um, uh, to fix problems. So you want to know what the problem is so you can fix it, so you can relax. And the second thing is you're afraid that the real problem is you, and you're afraid that if you are a, the problem, that you will be thrown away or not loved, or whatever. And so you put together that combination of factors, and what are you going to get? You're going to get, I am afraid to see within myself that, uh, that, I am, that I am feeling crazed, and that perhaps this could be my fault. And then finally, in answer to this question, am I going on too long? No, no, not at all. This is great. Okay. Uh, so finally, in, uh, uh, with that question, uh, is um, if you believe that you are the problem, which you are in the sense that it is your reaction to all of this and your not ability to uh, regulate the flow of your energy, which I will talk about uh, later, uh, if you believe that uh, you are the cause of the problem and you do not believe that you can fix yourself what are you going to do if you feel that it is your problem, you feel shame. And if you feel that it is your problem and you cannot change yourself, then you will also feel fear. And so be between the shame and the fear, there is nothing except to blame somebody else that you actually think can change themselves more than you think that you can change yourself. Well, that was a lot. Uh, Helen, are you still there? I am. Uh, did that answer your question? Yes, it did. <laughs> <laughs> and then some. <laughs> More than you wanted to hear, huh? 
Well, no, not more than I wanted to hear, but it was uh, certainly a very thorough answer. I didn't expect so much, but I do understand what the guru said. And Excellent. I appreciate, I appreciate that thoroughness. Well, I would say that um, that really should give us a lot more compassion for ourselves, don't you think? Yes. I mean, just when the guru was talking about what modern life is like, it's like, oh, my God, no wonder we're all crazy. Exactly. And stressed. <laughs> and we don't know what to do about it. Oh, yes, there is also because if we go in meditation and we discover that, okay, that we are too stressed because we have certain emotional attachments. Oh, my God, if we're going to, uh, to face that, then we are going to have to do something or we are going to be doomed to be uh, miserable the rest of our lives. So then creates even more problem and more stress because you are now facing, do I change my life uh, or can I change my, be- my reactions uh, or am I going to lame something on outside so that I don't have to change? Yes, I really understand that because it's like if you think that... Um, you're in the wrong job and that's why you're particularly unhappy and you're stressed and you go inside and you realize you've been complaining about the boss for six months but you've but then when you look inside you realize it's you that you're not doing a good job for example (laughs) then you may have to face something that is very threatening which is oh my god what am i going to do can i learn more about this job and do a better job at the job or am i going to have to leave that job and if so who's going to pay the bills or how embarrassing is that or whatever it is so having that clarity getting clarity about what needs to be done can put us in an even more anxiety ridden situation and it's becomes very unsafe to know ourselves because uh, then we may face uh, choices that scare us not to speak of uh, the whole issue of our reactivity, you know, it's like, oh, my God, well, am I ever going to be able to change that? So I uh, thank you very much, uh, Helen, to, for the call. Thank you. Oh, all right. So um, we are going to, we are talking about how we are going to make that uh, inner space uh, safe. Well, I, I hope that what I've already said has helped you. Because you can now realize that uh, it is uh, perfectly normal to be crazy in this world, to be very anxious. You see, the anxious. That's, that's very helpful to me. Very, very helpful. Yes, and that you don't always even know what you're anxious about, and this is, uh, and sometimes it's not even yours. So there's all this is very uh, complicated. So uh, how is your inner space going to be a sanctuary if you carry that anxiety with you? This is what we have to um, we have to understand. But first, I want to tell you that you know I was saying before that there is the issue is there is something wrong, and is there something wrong with me, and uh, how will I be seen? Um, you know, the children they see it, they know if the one of the parents is sick or alcoholic or uh, has uh, problems or gambling or uh, has a temper or something that uh, everybody looks at them and that they are a problem because they are draining the unit of the energies for the survival of the whole as everybody has to cope with 
the one who is causing the problems or is sick or is acting out, you see. And they already know that even though everybody takes care of that, maybe even if everybody takes care of that person, that that person is being judged that they don't like that. And so they don't want to be associated with uh, those characteristics that are going to make that person uh, uh, um, discounted and maybe even discarded uh, or they will make fun of somebody. Oh, oh, grouchy the grandma, the grouchy grandma. Uh, uh, the, you don't want to be the grouchy grandma because everybody makes fun of that person. Or is there there is somebody that has a deformity or uh, there's uh, something in their face that uh, makes them look ugly to the world. They are going to be made fun of. Oh, so many things that make people afraid that anyone is going to see what is wrong with them. And so there is the fear that they will be tossed away. There is the fear of the judgment. So, okay, so when that happens, um, when we have that, we have the same thing, same attitude towards ourselves. So the first thing that I advise to you is to look at why you are so judgmental and what you learn to judge. So let's take one moment to uh, take a look inside and ask yourself when you were growing up, um, who was the one who was wrong? And what made them wrong? Was it the one who was sick, the one who was uh, less intelligent or mm, old or mm, the deformed or uh, somewhat uh, you know, emotionally uh, disturbed? Uh, whatever um, or outspoken or rebellious or whatever that uh, selfish which of course we all are Uh, so then uh, ask yourself what was it that was looked on and judged harshly when I was growing and um, am I afraid to see those qualities in myself now so take your time and think about that very good we're now about to move into our break. So, Beth, anything more before we go to break? Well, yes, the guru is going to um, just say another word or two. And okay. so when you think about this, um, then you ask yourself, how can I change my perception of that situation, of that uh, characteristic, and understand that it is part of the human behavior and that it is true that it can be frightening or damaging or even annoying at times <laughs> or destructive or how can I change my attitude towards that quality so that I can face it if it's in myself okay so with that uh, we are going to go to our next commercial break and don't go away stick, stick with us Visionary. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Bring Beth into your world in person or via the Internet. Learn how by visiting her website, bethgreen.org. At the website, sign up for her newsletter to keep abreast of her latest activities, blogs, videos, and more. 
Just for signing up, you'll receive a free PDF copy of Living with Reality, her 688-page volume that helps us understand ourselves in relatable terms, as well as offers a proven program to heal and co-create a better world. But there's more. Learn about Beth's four other books, both fiction and nonfiction. Check out her gorgeous music, which is heartfelt and mystical. Become acquainted with Beth and James's programs for healing and training, and discover their community, the Stream Center for the New Spirituality, which welcomes you wherever you are in the world. All this and more can be found at Beth's website, www.bethgreen.org. Again, that's bethgreen.org. The 7th Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. You're tuned in to Inside Out with Beth Green and co-host James Maynard. To reach us on the show, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. If you'd rather send us an email, the address is beth at bethgreen.org. Now, back to Inside Out. Hi there. Welcome back to Inside Out. Uh, This is your host, Beth Green, my co-host, James Maynard, and today we are interviewing the guru on how to create a sanctuary. I would like to point out that uh, the guru has made a video called, I think it's called How to Create a Sanctuary, and it's on YouTube. And uh, it'll say how to create a sanctuary, probably with Beth Green and the Guru. And in that video, Guru was talking more about creating a physical sanctuary in your home. And so that is a great accompaniment for what we're talking about today, which is more creating an inner sanctuary. So, Guru, we have another caller, uh, and it is Irene from, it's, I don't know, Irene. Hi, I'm uh, from San Diego. Great. And uh, I just had such an aha with your both what you talked about around the stress in our lives and especially your question because when I looked at who was wrong, I thought of my family and my family who was made wrong. And it was my oldest sister who was outspoken and um, that was in conflict with my mother, and anyone in conflict with my mother had the anger of my father to deal with. And Mm. the other person was my brother, who just didn't seem to be able to cope with life. He, He didn't do well in school. He didn't make friends. He was always struggling and never quite making it. So... It wasn't that they were shamed for the way they were. My sister was put down and my brother. There was just kind of a, uh attempt to control and change him. And uh, so I could see how those are the things in my own life that are most threatening to me. And so it's is not sanctuary for you because you're afraid to see those qualities in yourself. Yes, exactly. I would say that, by the way, that it is a very strange wording you used. You said he, uh, she was not shamed, she was put down. <laughs> yes. Well, 
Yes. <laughs> that uh, yeah, some, that's true. <laughs> something that... <laughs> and uh, so <laughs> I wanted and to notice... And the message clearly was, don't be like her. Yes, yes. And how... And if if uh, you're being told not to be like her, if you are like that, her, what are you going to feel? Um, fear. Well, you're going to feel shame that you uh, that you're bad, that you did a bad thing. Oh, oh, oh! When someone is put down, uh, they are they feel shame that they are no good. So yeah. if she, yeah. if she, so if she is put down and and he is don't be like him, then this is that you he they are no good. They are not good enough to be members in good standing of the tribe, and that mm-hmm. of course we know is also very threatening for a child because yeah. you never know. Uh, you know, you know, you are completely dependent, so you become very afraid to yeah. to be not good, and. Uh, yeah. This yeah. is uh, this is the shame, and this is fear to find self something out about yourself. Yeah. So thank thank you, Irene. That was a great question and a great yeah, answer. You're welcome. There was a question in the answer that the good got to answer. <laughs> 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 thank you. And now we have another caller, uh, which is Erica, in San Diego. Hello, Beth, this, uh, and hello, Guru. Thank you so much for having me. That was such an interesting question. Um, I think I had a very similar childhood to Irene and with my brother. And I, um, I know how competitive he was with our older brother. And my feeling about that was what he internalized about never measuring up. Mm-hmm. And that shame... Um, and always, and I think what I, what I adopted or adapted to from that was learning to step very carefully. And of course, what a, what an, an ongoing bruise to the inner sanctum to never be sure of myself, um, to never really feel like I would measure up if he couldn't, how could I? That kind of doubt whether it was true or not. Well, I I have a comment for you on this, which is different, uh, perhaps, uh, this perspective on this thing, Um, that uh, when we are, um, the humans, they uh, are afraid um, to show certain uh, characteristics, like you are describing, if I'm understanding you correctly. So what, what happens is that your inner sanctum becomes the place where you have the characteristic and you allow yourself expression of that characteristic that you are not allowed to have on outside. And so what happens is that instead of really being a sanctuary of peace, of place of self-acknowledgement uh, uh, and uh, self-healing, your inner, uh, your sanctuary it becomes the place that you act out internally and you express internally what you are afraid to express externally. 
So some people, for instance, they go and they mutter under their breath and they think that they are not, nobody will notice that they are angry, you see. So they are going inside, it's like, oh, I am so angry at her, but I am not going to show this because I don't want to give her the satisfaction or because I don't want her to beat me up or because I'm very embarrassed that anybody is going to see how ridiculous I am or whatever that reason. And so we begin, the humans begin to confuse the uh, sanctuary with their negative feelings, the place where they get to be negative without any self um, uh, intervention. This too is not sanctuary because what it is is place where the negativity begins to grow. And you see that many times with people who feel very repressed uh, that their uh, inner uh, sanctuary becomes a, a place of seething resentments. Oh, that was a good one. <laughs> that was amazing. I am so grateful for this feature of the podcast because I'm going to have to listen to that about five times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a great one. Thank, Thank you, you so, so much. Thank you so much for calling, Erica. Well, Guru, I mean, it seems like the deck is stacked against us. I mean, so what are we going to do? Okay, so first I said to you so that we should look at family. And uh, this is very helpful to see um, what, uh, what we have gotten to judge. But now there is more than that. There is very difficulty for the people to simply accept themselves. And by the accept themselves, I do not mean... Mm, the allowance of negativity, which is very good that Erica asked this question because this is such a key point. The, the, the people, they think that that being themselves is being as brutal as they feel or as anxious as they are or as mean-spirited or competitive or whatever that uh, painful characteristic is that they are uh, exhibiting, that they feel safe within themselves to be, or how much denial they are in. And that is, becomes confused because it is inside. We go inside and we are where all that energy lies. And um, accepting ourselves does not mean that we follow or live in those energies, but it means that we admit them first. And we admit them, and we admit to ourselves the damage that they do to ourselves or to others. So it's like the uh, early caller um, was talking about in the blaming. If you are uh, very anxious, mm, and you blame everything and everybody for your anxiety and you go inside and you are going to have the rationalization. But instead, if you say, I, mm, I acknowledge that I am very anxious and you breathe. And then, of course, you ask, I wonder why, but already you are feeling safe because you have acknowledged the truth. What is the most difficult and challenging things for the people 
that makes the insides is not sanctuary is the fear of admission. Fear of admission of the characteristics that we don't want to have. And so we have to blame. So if we can go so... The, uh, the person who is inside is all the resentment as uh, I was addressing with the Erica um, then um, when when the, the person on the inside is uh, going to rent and rave or resent or whatever there is always the implicit uh, blame of the other person for that and I know every one of you has had this experience of going um, having argument and there's someone and you're going inside and there is the endless repetition of the anger in your brain and all the reasons and the justifications. And so that is not sanctuary because you are actually living in the pollution of that feeling and yet the denial is not the answer either because then you are not having the sanctuary of admission. is already a moment of victory for the true sanctuary, then you can admit this. I can admit to myself that I am human because I am. I don't care how spiritual you think you are. You will have many moments where you will be dominated by energies that feel very fear-based or mm, competitive or critical or angry or whatever that you think is not right. And so the admission of these qualities and these characteristics opens the door to the question why and what can I do about it. At that point... We need to have something which is greater than ourselves to help us. There is a program, the Alcoholics Anonymous, for example, where the people who want to drink, they go to meetings and they sit with their friends and they have a belief that this is uh, God being there and this could or could not be, but it is certainly the energy that is beyond the human. You see, we are not designed to be able to handle everything that we have to handle just as I was telling you earlier we are not designed for that and we should stop expecting so much from ourselves but we must ask more for the help so when we go to that meeting and we feel the peace that comes from the connection from to the other people and we are telling the truth we have that relief and we create sanctuary because the sanctuary that we are creating in ourselves by going and speaking and admitting to others what we have already admitted to ourselves is a way to make the entire world a sanctuary because that is showing ourselves that the entire world is safe and you know if it happens that somebody comes to you and says you are fool or you are a bad person or whatever when you have had the experience of the relief that you feel, when you are in acknowledgement of what 
is going on with you. You can look at them and say, I feel sorry for you, you see, and then because you must be very hard on yourselves as, as well. So I am clearly coming to end of time um, today to talk about um, how to create sanctuary. I may come back sometime and talk further about the inside and the outside, but I do hope that you go watch my video on the YouTube um, because I talk about um, objects and places and uh, ways because this is also part of having support beyond ourselves. If we admit we cannot do ourselves, then we look for the supports that we need and that support could look like um, a beautiful place, a place in nature, some soothing music. But all of that is to help us to promote the relaxation that will help us to be honest with ourselves. Well, thank you so much, Guru, for everything that you shared with us today. And I'm glad that we were able to break through my inability to think about this topic <laughs> and all of our resistance. So, James, would you like to tell us what's coming up next? Yes, our next edition of Inside Out will be, when authority figures are are not around, how do we treat each other? An embarrassing self-exploration. So, the authority figure's not there, like it might be a parent, it might be a boss. Uh, how does that absence change us in our relationship? Do we rebel angrily against having been dominated in the past? Do we claim the role of authority figure ourselves? Or become the critical parent with someone we think we can dominate? Do we try to punish the sibling we think the parents favored? Do we pick on someone who represents that sibling to us now? Do we seek a new authority? Let's get conscious about how we behave when no one's in charge. So let's laugh, heal, and transform our sibling relationships wherever they show up, with mates, friends, or anyone else. And let's turn competition into cooperation and mutual support. So join us next week, and now a final word from Beth. Well, thank you for being with us today, and I look forward to our meeting next week and taking on another challenging but fun topic. Until then, this is Beth Green from the Inside Out. Thank you for making us a part of your week. Listen for the next edition of Inside Out with Beth Green and James Maynard next Tuesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Have a great week. (laughs) 